Hello, and welcome to the Beyond Borders podcast, the podcast that explores topics related to international trade. This podcast is brought to you by Buckland. For over 70 years, Buckland has been working to help companies across the world experience global trade in a better way. As a customer-focused company, we provide you with a single source of unmatched customs brokerage, trade-managed solutions, freight forwarding, trade technologies, and warehousing and distribution services. I'm your host, Jenny Kaus, Corporate Marketing Manager here at Buckland, and today I'm speaking with our guest, Mr. Lawrence Millington. Larry is the Director of Customs and Foreign Trade Americas at Vibracoustic and has been in supply chain for 30 years in a wide range of roles, giving him a depth of knowledge in import, export, procurement, market analysis, supplier relations, strategic negotiations, and customs and trade compliance. It is my pleasure to welcome you today, Larry. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you, Jenny. Uh, Thank you for the invitation to be here today. Yeah, it's great. And Larry is joining us by phone, so you'll notice a little bit of difference in the audio, but I think the content's really going to make up for that um, because Larry's going to be sharing some great information with us today. So today, Larry, you've joined me so that we can talk about the links between payment terms and INCO terms. And this is something that is so important to understand, and it's very often misunderstood. This podcast is geared towards those, the seller role of a transaction. And as a bit of a general disclaimer, uh, this podcast is for informational purposes only, and it doesn't constitute professional or legal advice. So if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to your broker, which obviously we hope is Buckland. So again, thank you for joining us today, Larry, uh, to talk more about this topic that you are so knowledgeable about. Great. Well, I'm excited to be here. Uh, And you're correct, Jenny, about the general misunderstandings or perhaps just simply the the lack of awareness of just how these various negotiable terms of a contract can work together for stronger, less risky, you know, contract uh, for both parties. And I like to refer to these negotiable terms as something I like to call the ZOPA, uh, Z-O-P-A, or the Zone of Possible Agreement. And depending on the situation or the particular contract uh, particulars, uh, there are many combinations to consider. And so uh, part of that are the the INCO terms. And so if your listeners have access to an INCO terms chart, that would actually be helpful to have uh, to refer to during our conversation today. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. And uh, an INCO terms chart is such a great reference, um, and especially if you're listening to this podcast. So if you do uh, want an INCO terms chart to look at, pop over to the show notes uh, for this episode, or you can visit our website. And if you click on learning across the top of the page, that'll take you down to our learning guide section. And there you will find a downloadable INCO terms chart. And that'll make a lot of this make sense. If it's uh, any of it's confusing, it'll really help you kind of walk through this. Um, As well, we've also done a specific podcast just on INCO terms. And you're welcome to check that out. Uh, And we have it in English and in Spanish. But for the sake of those who may not have heard that episode, and maybe, or just in general, would benefit from a refresher, maybe let's get started with just some broad definitions that will help us establish the basis for this. So in general, what are INCO terms, Larry? 
Yeah, sure. So INCLE terms or the international commerce terms are published by the International Chamber of Commerce uh, every 10 years. We have an update coming in January of 2020. Uh, but the concepts that we're going to discuss today uh, will still apply uh, in, in, in January. Uh, there are 11 terms, each having a three-letter acronym. And uh, these terms, when properly specified in the contract, provide a basic standard set of responsibilities between uh, the buyer and the seller uh, regarding topics like, you know, who is responsible for p- procuring transportation or insurance? Uh, when does the delivery take place? And that delivery is not what you might think, actually, according to the INCO terms. Uh, when does risk of loss transfer from the seller to the buyer for the goods? And also, uh, it talks about customs liabilities and, and who's responsible for those, uh, depending, on, again, on which, which term is chosen. So the proper way to specify an INCO term in a contract uh, would be to use the word INCO terms. It is a registered trademark, so you have to put a little R. Uh, okay. You specify then uh, the year, 2010 in this case, is the current uh, version that we're under. Then you mm-hmm. specify the three-letter acronym, uh, FCA, for example. And then you have to name a place uh, in which that term is, is effective. So, uh, for example, you would say INCO terms, registered trademark, 2010, FCA, Hamburg, Germany. Okay. Uh, so in summary, this really, INCO terms ensures that the buyer and the seller understands each other's expectations and responsibilities within the contract. I'm thinking about that chart. How many different terms are there? So currently, there are 11 terms. On the left-hand side, you have uh, an X-Works term. And okay. to the far right, you have a DDP term or delivery duty paid. Okay. Gotcha. And it, and I understand um, from what you, you know, when we were talking about this is as you kind of move across that risk scale, the scale, some of that uh, transfers from the seller to the buyer. Correct. So looking at the Inkle terms risk scale, moving from left to right, the seller's risk increases while moving from right to left, the buyer's risk increases. So there's, ah, opposite effect depending on which which direction you're, you want to move across the scale. Great. Thank you very much for that. That helps us kind of get that basis of what these INCO terms are and kind of how that works when you're looking at a chart. I know the first time I saw it, I was very confused. Um, but, it, you know, and again, if, if someone is interested in seeing one of these charts, please do visit the Buckland website or the show notes. Um, and if you're on the website, uh, do just go under learning guides and you'll be able to download a copy of an IncoTerms chart and that'll really help you kind of visualize all of this. So, and I guess now that we've kind of talked about IncoTerms, the next thing that we need to get a basis for is payment terms. Yeah, so payment terms uh, are simply the conditions under which the seller will complete the sale. Uh, typically, these terms specify a period allowed to the buyer to pay off the amount due. Uh, Some examples would be cash in advance or CIA. Um, Another typical one that people are familiar with are cash on delivery, COD, or Mm -hmm. 
your basic uh, extension of of, uh, of of credit uh, over a, uh, a period of time. An example might be two percent ten net thirty, and in this example, uh, the seller extends a two percent discount if the buyer pays within ten days. Otherwise, uh, the full amount of the invoice must be paid within thirty days. Uh, you may have something also just simply net thirty or net 45. So it just okay. depends on what's negotiated. Gotcha. Okay. And I, w- I wasn't aware of that, the percentage net 31 that you spoke about. And uh, there's definitely more payment terms than I was aware of, just in the ways that they can be set up. So that's great. Thank you for that. Um, so now that we kind of know INCO terms, we have the basics there. And we've kind of got the basics of talking about payment terms and how those can vary. Let's get into talking about what really makes this conversation interesting, I think, and that's how they work together and maybe, you know, kind of what's the same and maybe some of the differences as well. Sure. So there are a few finer points on INCO terms that we need to understand to really help with our conversation today. So to start with, the INCO terms uh, do not provide for a complete contract of sale. So, for example, payment terms and the method of payment are not specified in INCO terms. Uh, secondly, uh, the passage of title is also not specified uh, in the INCO terms. But the passage of title typically is tied uh, to when the payment terms uh, begin or when the when that commercial invoice starts aging. Mm-hmm. Uh, both these both these terms must be stated separately in the actual contract, and moreover, uh, a point in time for when these terms take place must also be agreed upon. It's so uh, also important uh, to understand the definition of, of delivery within the INCO terms. Delivery is the point, uh, according to the INCO terms, when risk of loss transfers from the seller to the buyer. So if something happens to that shipment, and it gets damaged or the boat sinks, uh, mm-hmm. it, it makes a difference on who has responsibility for replacing that material. It's not gotcha. always necessarily when the truck shows up at our dock. Right. So in our discussion today, the negotiable points that we need to consider in our ZOPA uh, are the specific INCO term being used and the related point of delivery, again, the risk of loss transfer, the named mm-hmm. place uh, for where that delivery is to take place, uh, the payment term, of course, when passage of title to the goods takes place, and, and lastly, we really need to consider the transit time, especially for the longer supply chains like ocean shipments and working together uh, all of these uh, when, when the proper combination is used really can make for a stronger contract. Yeah. Absolutely. That's great. Okay. So why don't we um, take these concepts and maybe put them into action with some real life examples to kind of help illustrate this. I know you have a couple of, you know, hypothetical situations that you've set up to kind of help illustrate this because it's, you know, it, it is a lot of theory, but when you actually put it into practice, it's, it's very practical and something that we can really work with. So, so why don't you give us an example? Okay. Yeah, I'll try to keep this as simple as possible to start with. So starting with a, a traditional arrangement uh, with an uh, income term of FCA, 
mm-hmm. with the name place being the seller's dock, uh, with a payment term of 30 days. Um, the contract um, then specifies that, let's say, the sales contract would specify that the title passes upon delivery. And in this case, the delivery happening at the seller's dock. And that's where the risk of loss transfers. And that's referring okay. to the, again, the, the, the definition of delivery according to the Ingle terms. Um, we know that the delivery happens when the goods are loaded then at the seller's dock onto the buyer's truck. And this is when the seller's invoice starts aging. So you can see how all these things are, although on separate, uh, you know, Ingle terms versus payment terms, they really all need to be specified in the document. And working together, uh, you can start to see uh, how that contract is going to be easier to execute. Yeah, and then lastly, absolutely. with the 35-day transit time uh, uh, in this example, uh, the invoice would be due approximately five days with that payment term of 30 days, uh, would be due approximately five days prior to arrival at the buyer's location. Okay. Great. And just for clarification, FCA, what does that one stand for? I can't remember. FCA is free carrier. Free carrier. Okay. There's so many of these acronyms. And, you know, if you're hearing acronyms today, definitely refer to that INCO term chart. We'll be sure to try and explain them as we go. But something else under learning guides that you might want to check out, if you hear an acronym that you're not sure what it means, go check out our learning guides because we have a common logistics acronym learning guide that is extremely helpful. I have found it very useful and it details all of these. So please feel free because as you go from industry to industry, there's tons of acronyms. Um, so that's a very helpful resource. So I thought I would just mention that as well, Larry. So, and thank you for that example. That was a really good one. And it definitely, it's interesting because, you know, it would be due prior to the goods even being received by the buyer, which is interesting, um, from the buyer's mm-hmm. perspective for sure. So thank you mm-hmm. for that. It, it really does help to have a real life example to really put some tangible things around this and, and understand it better. So how about, let's try another example with maybe changing one of the negotiable points. Sure. So in the second example, uh, we'll keep everything the same, except we will change the named place. Uh, so we will, that's the negotiate, uh, negotiable point uh, that will change. And we're going to move that to the port of export from the seller's dock to the port of export. This okay. means that the seller, the seller of the goods is now not only taking the responsibility for shipping the goods from his dock to the port of export, but he also, uh, you know, obviously at, the, at that cost as well. But there's also a net increase of five days in the time that the shipments leave their dock to the actual due date of the invoice. Oh, okay. So if, if the buyer's not savvy with, with understanding, again, the INCO terms and the payment terms and how they work together, he will not realize that his invoice legally doesn't start aging until those goods arrive at the port of export. And if that's a five-day transit time, he's added another five days to his payment cycle, if you will. Mm-hmm. And now that invoice will not be due uh, to be paid by the buyer until the goods arrive on or about the day that um, they arrive at the buyer's dock. 
Yeah. And I, I can see how that would shift the dynamic. And, and now you have those arrival of goods and the invoice due date, you know, lined up differently. So those are really good examples, Larry. And from a cash flow perspective, I think it's so important to really consider this and make sure that you're working with negotiating these terms to optimize this process for you, because, you know, this is the case in point of time is money. Absolutely. That's, that's very, very important. Um, Another example uh, that we have, we can change uh, when the title passes. So remember, uh, this point in time must be specified in the contract. It's not part of the inco term. Um, so now, in the third example, we're going to pass the title at the seller's dock. So again, we have the same inco term of FCA, the name place mm-hmm. of port of export, the same payment term. Of course, the transit time is the same. But now we've moved the passage of title back, back to the seller's dock. So even though yeah. we're de- the seller's delivering it to the port of export, his invoice begins aging when the goods leave his dock, the seller's dock. Yeah. So now you, the, the, the seller is regaining that both five days, and the invoice is now due five days approximately before the uh, goods arrive at the buyer's dock. Gotcha. Okay, great. All right. Let's get it a bit more complex here. <laughs> <laughs> we're just getting Let's started. <laughs> yeah. In the next example, we're going to change things up even more. We're going to change the inco term to CPT or carriage paid to okay. port of import. So in an ocean shipment, let's say you're coming from some port in, in Europe like Hamburg and you're you're shipping it to uh, let's say London, Ontario, Canada, and the port mm-hmm. of import being used is Montreal. So uh, the seller now must deliver the goods to the port of import at Montreal. But look, this title, the title still passes at the seller's dock. And again, this is, this is one of those finer points of the INCO terms that are sometimes misunderstood. The contract term did not change, thus keeping the payment timing intact. So the tricky part here, though, is when the delivery happens and the risk of loss moves from the seller to the buyer. Under this INCO term, that happens at the port of export in Hamburg. So even though the seller is responsible for the transport all the way to Montreal, the buyer is financially responsible for replacing that material or salvage costs if something happens to that shipment between Hamburg and Montreal, and that's more risk to the seller. Right. Okay. Excellent. And I, if anybody's listening to this and they kind of would like to see a visual representation, we will put up some slides on our website, on the uh, show notes part of our website. So check out uh, the podcast section and we'll put some uh, illustrations there because these can be kind of big concepts to kind of, as you're listening to us talk about them. So you might want to see them visually uh, illustrated. Um, that most recent example that you just gave, Larry, that does, high, for me, really highlight the difference in inco terms and payment terms. So thank you for that. Um, so how about for our last example? I think you might have an interesting situation for us, don't you? Yes, exactly. And, and you're right, Jenny, the, it's complicated. And I often find that using uh, a visual aid in you know writing this down or creating a PowerPoint slide just 
you know, with the different options that you are considering really mm-hmm. helps make it, you know, a perspective and also to help you communicate internally with your finance team, your logistics team, uh, yeah. talk about cash flow and, and inventory costs. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. So, yeah. So the last example, we're going to change things up completely now uh, and move completely to the right hand side of the income term chart with an income term of DDP or delivery duty paid. And the named place is going to be the buyer's dock. In, in our example, we were using London, Ontario, Canada as the buyer's dock. And the payment terms uh, will keep the same at 30 days. But we're also we're going to change the passage of title also to the buyer's dock. And again, the, the uh, transit time is still 30 days. So uh, this, is, <laughs> this is the cash flow manager's worst nightmare. Uh, yeah. In this example... Right. In this example, the seller has a hundred percent of the cost and risk in this transaction because he he is not only going to get paid sixty-five days after the shipment leaves his dock. Uh, he's taking a hundred percent of the responsibility for transportation, the risk of the uh, import uh, liabilities in Canada, and the cash flow uh, of the sixty-five days from the time that the shipment leaves his dock. I would highly recommend that the seller try to renegotiate uh, for a better contract term in this example. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And and I think really makes the case for why it's so important to negotiate to get better terms. And I, I just, you know, to say it again, I think that makes people really understand uh, that so much more is up for negotiation than maybe they perhaps realized uh, in these situations. Um, so, in kind of summary, are you able to offer us maybe some parting knowledge about why this is important uh, and maybe some resources uh, if people would like a little bit more information? Absolutely. Uh, let me just say it's the details, the details of the contract, yeah. whether it's yeah. with your customer or with your suppliers, whatever your trading, whoever your trading partners are. Uh, but getting your ZOPA, your, your zone of possible agreement, these negotiable terms clearly and properly stated in your contracts are going to reduce the disputes that you may that may occur between you and your trading partner. Um, and, and having a working knowledge how to leverage uh, the Zopa terms, uh, those are that's a powerful tool to use at the negotiation table and against mm-hmm. your competitors, uh, quite honestly. Yeah, for sure. Uh, improved cash flow, higher profit margins, and honestly, just prudently managing the risk, uh, these are all benefits that having a, a really solid understanding of how these terms work together, um, managing the risks are all benefits to bringing these concepts together within the, the framework of the contract. Um, yeah, so a helpful link is the International Chamber of Commerce. Uh, if you just Google that, uh, you'll probably find it. It's uh, iccwbo.org. And uh, there's a whole website there, and there's a, a lot of really great information. And, and actually, there's some dialogue there talking about the new terms coming in 2020. Yeah, that's going to certainly be something that we're interested in watching for. 
Um, and usually, I know when we've talked about this on the podcast before, you know, we'll have a little bit of a preview usually ahead of what this is going to mean and if there's any changes. But I know the trade community is closely watching to see what will happen for 2020 and, and any potential changes that could come up. So thank you for mentioning that. And uh, speaking of IncoTerms, again, I know I've mentioned it a couple times, but if you do check out our website under learning or just the show notes, uh, you'll find a link to an IncoTerms chart that you can download to help illustrate this. And uh, I just wanted to say thank you so much, Larry. You are an absolute wealth of information, and I really appreciate you uh, chatting with me today about this. Absolutely. It's my pleasure, and I hope this is uh, helpful to uh, all of the listeners. Absolutely. I know it was it was very, very helpful to me and a topic that I hadn't even really thought much of, and, and I'm so glad that it came up because I know it's going to make a big difference for a lot of people. So thank Thanks so much. You're welcome. That's the Beyond Borders podcast for today. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to our guest, Larry Millington, for joining us and for sharing your expertise. If you're looking for more resources related to international trade, check out buckland.com and click the learning section across the top of the website. Here you will find a range of resources, including learning guides, webinars, and podcasts. Our downloadable learning guides include IncoTerms charts, common trade terminology, and many more. We also host live monthly webinars and we invite you to sign up online to secure your spot for an informative presentation followed by a live Q&A session. The best way to keep up to date on all of these resources is through our weekly newsletter. We send out a newsletter every single Wednesday containing our latest resources as well as a roundup of the latest trade news delivered straight to your inbox. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us through our website's contact us page, through Twitter where our handle is at Buckland Tweets or on our LinkedIn company page. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Borders podcast and be sure to tune in and subscribe for more great conversations about importing, exporting, and everything else in the world of logistics and international trade.